welcome to the Situation Report. This is a special Situation Report for Friday, November 10th. I'm joined by Matt Bracken. We, uh, as always, we spent a bunch of time talking before we start recording, and we've got a lot of topics to cut through today. That the the interesting uh, uh, piece of the conversation that we always have was uh, our our mutual friendship with Michael Yon and how uh, we were we're both chewing on all the information that. He, man, that guy is a wealth of information. And just to give you some context and into our conversation before we started, literally, I've been trading messages, and Matt does all the time too, with Michael Yawn of what's going on in the border, where he's at, who he's interfacing with. And every single time I do that, I get a wealth of topics to go research and talk through. One of those, one of those topics that that we were talking through before the show that we need to will drill down on is the military age males coming across the the border right now and and how that plays into the bigger picture and every single time we do one of these the the trolls and the shills come out of the woodwork that and try and tell us that we're way off base but i'll say this again because this is part of the reason why i want to have matt back on you don't disposition forces in this vast number without a game plan when you move an army anywhere, you move an army to a specific staging location, you prep them for combat, and then you either commence combat operations or you commence limited operations with a feint or whatever the case may be before you start major operations. If you look at how we staged in Europe prior to the Normandy invasion, it took almost, almost a year to get enough forces and sustainment on the ground in the UK to be able to push inland and, and conduct the invasion of Normandy. And we're seeing that right now. It's literally being played out in front of us through a variety of means. And one of the things I like about both uh, Michael Yon and Matt is that both of them are independent thinkers and they look at this from different perspectives. You heard Joel Skolson's view of how things are going to develop. We never really drilled down on military age males, but we will. But hopefully what you're seeing and hopefully what you're hearing from us is differing viewpoints to give you perspective on how we think the situation will develop so that you can take the appropriate measures to prepare for that. And in some cases, there's no way to prepare for it, right? But if you prepare for the worst, then you won't be surprised when it happens and you'll be able to you know, rapidly make decisions and start um, taking actions. Now, hopefully that's what comes out of this. So Matt, welcome again to the show. I, I can't tell you what an honor it is to have you every time. I, I Every time we talk, man, it's like we could talk for two hours before we actually record. This time I, I wanted to start recording as we were talking because we always get um, sidetracked to go down different scenarios, but we were talking, um, about military age males and how they're using basically universal basic income to lure them into the country. And you were talking about the banners and the video uh, of the, the caravan that's headed this way. You want to start, let's start yeah. there and, and work. Yeah. Work way. I, I am unbanned on Twitter that somebody flipped the switch and now I'm back on Twitter, which is wow. Nice. But um, so I'm, I'm uh you know, I'm, I think, what am I, real Matt Bracken, Matt Bracken 48? I don't <laughs> this time. Who am I this time, right? But um, 
there's a person other than at Michael Yan. Michael underscore Yan should be in everybody's mandatory, uh, you know, mandatory feed. But also, there's a guy named Real Muckraker. Okay, at Real Muckraker, he went with Michael Yan down to Darien over the over the spring and summer, and now he has flowered into like being a, a young Michael Yan, including going all the way from South America to, um, you know, through Panama, Darien Gap with migrants into the camps on trucks and buses. Real deal investigative journalism, you know, uh, brass balls, right? At Real Muckraker. Well, he posted yesterday, uh, the 9th, if if you scroll back on his timeline, at Real Muckraker, he, he, um, has a video of a of a another caravan in in a somewhere in Mexico, Huixla, Mexico, and the the caption you'll see a guy holding like a white cross with red letters on it. So muckraker, real muckraker, it says must watch crowd of military age men and massive U.S. bound caravan chant Biden, Biden, Biden. So this was filmed on November eighth by muckraker Anthony Rubin. It says massive report incoming. So he does, he's like a tremendous videographer, aside from you know having the, the nerve to go down there and embed inside of these, these uh, uh movements of humanity. He also is a great videographer and documentarian. So he's he's making like, you know, I'm not talking about the political ideology, he's making like high media uh documentary quality uh material. So when so when he says massive report incoming, I take that as he's got a documentary he's putting together, another one. But anyway, the if you go to this, it it shows a, a guy holding up a cross, a white painted cross, pretty a timber cross, and on it is painted on it is painted contencion es mi muerte, which in Spanish means containment is my death, meaning holding me back from the promised land from the land of milk and honey, America, is my death. So these are all military-age men, and they're chanting. This mob, this huge crowd of people is chanting, Biden, Biden. Now, they obviously don't have never watched him, couldn't understand him in English, don't understand he's a demented fool that's just the caretaker puppet you know, for the regime. All they know is Biden said, come to America. They don't believe they're sneaking into America to hide in the shadows. They believe they have been invited. You know, there are phone apps. It's a question of what, what's my best resource now? Do the phone app and try to fly in or just walk to the border and catch a bus? But they know they've been invited in. All the <coughs> And that message. Yeah, they have that- cell phones. So they know from the people already in the States that they get a debit card that's loaded every week. They get money. They get medical care. They get housing. They get money. Well, what this is doing, aside from you know, pissing off heritage Americans that we have to pay for our own invasion, they're they're putting them into the position of a of a pile of dynamite underneath of our house because they've been promised America needs you. We're going to give you training, put you to work. You're going to have the great American dream. And for the time being, they're on a debit card. But when that debit card 
is either cut off, you say, by Republican political legislation or uh, hyperinflation crashes the economy when these people aren't getting their their universal basic income, they're going to explode in rage. They're not sneaking in. They're being invited in. They're in. So they will consider a betrayal of the promise of America. Yeah. They, and that's that's coming. That's uh, that's coming. They they. Um, and I don't wanted you to talk through that because I. Uh, two parts to this. Right. So that's it. The, the insidious part of this is not it's not the messaging that's being funded by the US through the UN through all the media companies CNN international BBC international they're they're all being paid by the US government to do this messaging and it's been going on for almost 3 years now probably longer now probably 4 years yes. the 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 insidious part of this is the fact that they're getting these people hooked on universal basic income and then they're bringing them in and putting them in communities that are already built for them and being built again, us tax dollars being used to build these communities. This is what Obama did in 2010, 2011, 2012 with the Somali community, with the Ethiopian communities, yes. with the uh, Muslim communities that came and, out and of, trying of put Africa. Them, putting them into uh, pale male stale States like Maine and Idaho. You know, putting them deliberately trying to, um, you know, basically dropping scorpions into the kindergarten by, you know, overloading Maine with this social problem, Somalis. And well, and they're building entire communities. And yesterday, the uh, yesterday or day before, St. Louis just just elected another Somali mayor. You know exactly where that's going, Ilhan Omar. And yes, Sharia. Halal, well, halal food, food. Then it'll have to be well. You know, you can't have Christmas, but you can have Eid, and you, you, and we're going to have a field trip to the mosque and see how Muslims pray. Well, it's it, it's going to be more than that because if you look at what the Somali community has done in in Minnesota, they have literally taken over the voting system. They have obfuscated any kind of activity in their in their community. They've created essentially a buffer zone for themselves where the literally the police don't even go in there sure and it, so you're you, and this has happened in more than one community that people right and you can and we can just we can just look at europe and put us on a timeline a lot of people have done studies of percentages you know when when muslims are under five percent they're like the model citizen they're you know the entrepreneur westernized at 10 percent, they start really throwing their weight around. By the time you get to 20%, they run your country completely because of the threat of violence. But at, at around 10%, they completely tip your political system because a 10% voting block that will absolutely deliver itself to whoever panders the most, meaning the Democrats, the Democrats will, owe, will start banking on that 10%. So they will just accommodate whatever the Muslim, you know, the Muslim uh, enclave wants. They and will, and that's that's a good point because that's not even the insidious part of this. The insidious part of this is that they're putting them on universal basic income, and they're creating a subculture within that that they know at some point is going to blow up. Right, and 
Right. And, you know, it's, it, it's a grenade, and the and pulling the pulling the pin on the grenade is is cutting off the uh, the the income either by uh, you know legislation or the economic collapse. Either way, it amounts it'll get to the same place. Yeah, there's no good outcome there when that blows up. And they will be armed. Remember, these are not people that just uh, fell off the cabbage truck, right? For example, Venezuela did something very similar to what um, Castro did during the Mariel boat lift. They emptied their prisons. And entire criminal gangs, like we don't have enough Mexican cartels and Colombian cartels, entire Venezuelan gangs, like down to second cousins, have moved to the United States. Now they become a new faction. Like, okay, the the Jamaican mafia fighting the Italian mafia wasn't enough. Let's throw in the Chechen mafia, the Venezuelan mafia, and they're all killers, right? They're all they all like right. And we're just going to continue stacking dynamite into the American house. That's what they're doing. They're stacking it, dynamite. And if you look at if you look at how and now the other piece that is they're going to bring they're starting to the, the dialogue's already started to bring Palestinians here and to other parts of the world to relocate them from Gaza. And remember, none of the Muslim countries want them. And right. there's a reason for that. The reason for that, and this isn't a racist thing, this is a cultural thing. They have been indoctrinated into basically terrorism and terrorist organizations for the last 30 years. They're multi-generational. Imagine what happens when they get here. They're given universal basic income. They're allowed to continue that, that indoctrination process in the communities they're in. And they meet, you know, Americans are like, wait a second. This, this isn't going to fly here. It's only a matter of time before that conflict kicks off on right. a wider scale. Much. And, you know, they, just for I'm I'm a boomer born in 1957. So I literally remember the 1972 um, Olympics in Munich, Germany. And at that point, there was a group called Black September. So all these names change, but it's the same players. So we're talking like the great great grandparents of the Gaza Hamas, right? They were kicked out of Jordan. They then became terrorists separate from the PLO called Black September. They did the Munich massacre. You know, there was a SWAT action by the German police and other, all the hostages and terrorists died on the helicopters. It was one of the um, impetuses for like in, in creating things like Delta Force and uh, thing you know rescue specialized rescue units instead of an ad hoc like do we have any police shooters any snipers let's just see what happens well they had been kicked out of jordan they went to lebanon lebanon civil war 1982 israel gets all the way up to the beirut suburbs their proxy uh militias the israeli proxy militias massacred palestinians in quote-unquote refugee camps American Navy escorted them, helped them, transported them to Tunisia. Wherever they go, it's a nest of terrorism. All right, this is a long history. Kuwait kicked them out. When, when Saddam Hussein came into Kuwait, the Palestinians felt very emboldened and came out and started you know, doing nasty things. 
the Palestinians who had been living in Kuwait, you know, working in Kuwait, they sided with, you know, the worst elements. Kuwait kicked them out. So wherever they go, they've, they're a multi-generational, basically terrorism is now in their blood. I don't know if anybody has seen the video of the uh, Hamas kindergarten graduation where they, they, you know, have like a little toddler SWAT team with little machine guns and, and sniper rifles capture a hostage. I don't know if you've seen that. It's unbelievable stuff, but they are bred to this. So, I mean, I'm, and I'm not, I still, I'm sad when children die. I get it. But every single 10-year-old is in going to be riding a paraglider into Israel in eight years or six years. Yeah. We're at that stage. And I don't, and I'm not here to excuse Israel dropping buildings, right? That's not my point. If you bring 10,000 Palestinians here, you have just created a nest of ISIS, Al Qaeda, Black September, whatever you want to call it. They will be doing terrorism. It's what they do. And, it, you know, that's why I wanted to bring this up, right? Because the insidious part of this is, and, and while all of this is going on, they are expanding the FBI. They're building a bigger police state. They are institutionalizing cheating in all of the swing states. And, I, and I've been saying this to my audience yes. for the last two years, that on November 9th, I said the second American revolution started in 2022. Yeah, they've been institutionalizing cheating, and they've also been outlawing, investigating cheating. Yeah. And the, the here's the question that most people have, and I want your take on this. When does the gunfire start? What's the catalyst in your mind? Because I thought it would be the second election they stole, and it, it was crickets. I thought it would be the Second Amendment, and basically in Washington, Michigan, and Illinois, they've all but taken away the Second Amendment. So I'm curious what you think the catalyst is going to be for this. Because everybody's waiting around saying, tired of this waiting, tired of this waiting. Okay. Well, one, well, I've got I've got two um connected thoughts here. One is the timeline, and one is the, you know, the uh cellar full of dynamite. They they have literally, while we're sleeping, they're sneaking into your cellar and they're stacking dynamite. All right. That's what they're doing with all the military fighting age men. That's what they're doing, allowing Chinese to like build these giant grow farms. If you've seen this in uh, in Missouri and Maine, you know they just they come in by land. They're smart. Remember, these are not like sub-Saharan Africans, right? These are people with an IQ. So they have their smartest pathfinders show up and and learn the legal system. What do I have to do to buy land that we control that other people can't get on? And they're building these big marijuana grow farms as a fundraiser, but also to, you know, potentially they're building training facilities, safe houses, covert barracks, you know, where you can move hundred stockpiles, food right. stockpiles. Right. You just bring in trailers and you've got instant barracks for a hundred guys that you've got to move around They're They're buying land big enough to say land light airplanes. You know, an airplane doesn't need an airport. I got news for people. A Cessna will land in a field, all right? I've <laughs> landed on grass strips. Yeah, I've landed yeah. on grass strips. Yeah. Don't, think, need, don't think airport. Think, think farm is airport. So they can move around independent of roadblocks or anything else. But 
They're stacking this dynamite. It's intentional. Will there be some terrorist incident that causes... I don't see uh, trad white America just waking up one morning and going off, even if they keep arresting J6ers, throwing them in solitary. I mean, if they hung Owen Schroyer, I don't think that anything would happen. People would be making memes about it, how terrible it is. Normally, when these things kick off, is going to be either there's a George Floyd type of an incident from the right against the left. And what I would look for in particular is something on the scale of the Las Vegas shooting, the Las Vegas sniper, but by a confirmed MAGA, you know, Patsy, whatever. So that's my first book, Enemies Foreign and Domestic. It's a Patsy firing into a stadium or not even firing, a patsy who's blamed for firing into a stadium, causing a panic stampede, and a week later, semi-automatic rifles are banned. And the patsy was just put there, you know, to be shot by the SWAT helicopter. Didn't even do it. But his bio biography is he's a deranged, angry veteran, you know, very unhappy with the government. He's sending all these crazy letters. So it's like case closed. You know, he did it. I'm looking for something like that, which we have to be very, because false flags work. So I'm looking for something on the scale and it'll probably involve firearms. It could involve an explosive, but that wouldn't have the same effect. If they use a firearm for a mass casualty event, it also goes against the Second Amendment. You know, whereas a bomb is like, what are we going to put more restrictions on nitrogen content and fertilizer? That doesn't have the same effect. They want to get the guns so it'll be a semi-automatic rifle used to fire into a crowd to cause a panic stampede to have a multiplier effect. You know, the panic stampede will kill more than the bullets if you if you figure these things out. And it's going to be a confirmed MAGA versus an LGBTQ free Palestine rally. That's what's going to kick it off with like massive BLM plus now Palestinian uh, sympathizers going very violent. Well, they've already started building that narrative, right? They've had protests in a number of cities around the around the uh, European theater as well as around around the states, mainly at universities. You could tell the government paid shield chills that are that are working to build sure. the narrative because they're all wearing their masks, they're all yeah, carrying BLM, right. chanting the same stupid shit. And, that, the masks, and the masks have the beneficial effect of hindering uh, hindering investigation. You put on a ball cap, a hoodie, a COVID mask, and sunglasses, you could be the Unabomber. Yeah. And, but, and so they've already started building that narrative, and it's just a matter of what uh, – but I, I, well, I think, well, I'm well, going to disagree with you on some of this because I think there was – a couple of weeks ago, there was there's a shift in – the public consciousness to where people are just fatigued with conflict. They're just fatigued with it. And they're going to, I think they're going to try a BLM style thing where they, they have, you know, a Patriot that fires into the crowd or, or worse, a Jewish crowd because that Israel needs the narrative back. They, they lost the narrative when they, um, when they bombed the, the hospital. And they came out and said, yeah, we did it. Then they came out and said, no, we didn't do it. Then it was, yeah, we did it. Then it was, no, we didn't. Worst messaging ever. 
And that to me is, is going to be the catalyst for what direction they go. I don't think it's fully baked yet because what I'm seeing is this back and forth about ceasefires, these humanitarian relief efforts into Gaza, movement and mass migration of um, Palestinians. And then there's this conversation that's going on in the background that um, the conversation is we, we don't want Palestinians relocated anywhere. We want to, we want a Palestinian state. So they're going to have to balance all of that. And even if they have a catalyst moment, yeah, but I this is just, but Stephen, this is just one arena in the same, in the overall forest fire. Okay. Yeah. Good. Continue when, on your thought there. When, when I was, I spent a couple of weeks with Michael Yan and I actually have a notebook. I wrote down like pages of Michael Yan isms. I kid you not. And you know, everybody that's listened to him, for a good deal, they've probably heard about don't follow the sparks, follow the conditions. If you drop uh, matches into the rainforest, the matches go out. If you drop the matches into a dry you know, uh, forest, it catches fire. Uh, but another thing that he says is don't look at the individual fires and study the individual fire. Go up 30,000 feet space station and look for the arsonist pattern. What's happening in Panama is connected to what's happening in Gaza. They're both they're both just flares thrown down from the same people that are trying to do this globally. This is not just Gaza and Panama that happen to be happening at the same time. It is a plan. And when they're when the situation is right, like let's say right now we're ratcheting up with Iran. I mean, we are we are keeping our troops in Iraq and Syria against the will of their of their their governments strictly to be rocket bait. There are stakes absolutely. absolutely to bring in the tiger so yep. you can shoot the tiger. Absolutely. They, if you are a if you have a child in the special forces who is in northern Iraq, he is there to be missile bait. There is no reason why GIs are running a few oil wells to put them into trucks, the oil into trucks. They are missile bait. They are trying to get a Gulf of Tonkin incident so we can go full out on Iran. So there's many ways this can flare into the full, the full supernova. One is we just escalate with Iran. Well, then Iran closes the Straits of Hormuz, which they can do in five minutes and for a year. They can close the Straits of Hormuz, period, done no shipping out of the Persian Gulf. And they can also, they'll also uh, block the Suez Canal. A ship gets scuttled in the Suez Canal. Remember that Concordia, the the, the, the Italian cruise ship? Uh -huh. they, had, they had to cut that thing to pieces with a like a uh, football field-sized chainsaw made of literally like chain with diamonds that they wrap around the ship and then a machine rotates it till it cuts all the way through the ship. It takes a long time, right? They can do that anytime. The Suez Canal and the Panama Canal can be closed off to, in five minutes with an order. And the econo entire world economy collapses overnight. You, you, you're, right now, the ships are backed up at the Panama Canal. Well, the Panama Canal will be out for years. If they lake, if Gatun Lake is drained, which it's already going down for the uh, due to a drought. But I mean, with the, just a bomb in the right place, 
The lake drains out. The whole Panama Canal runs on rainwater. It's just a catchment for lots of rain. All the water in the Panama Canal goes downhill by gravity. There's no pumps. If, there, if Gatun Lake is drained, there's no Panama Canal. That can be done with an, a, somebody can pick up a phone in Tehran and it happens tomorrow. Same thing with Suez Canal, same thing with Straits of, with, uh, um, uh, Straits of Hormuz, Persian Gulf. So if, if we get into it with Iran, expect this timeline to speed up because when this happens, our economy is going to also take a huge hit and embedded sleeper cells, potentially Iran, potentially China, are going to, as we've discussed before, they're going to do uh, 10 or 20 Metcalf substation attacks the same in the, in the same day and the American power grid goes out. They don't need... The, the Skosin guy, oh, they're going to fire an EMP. You fire an EMP, the missile's got a zip code right on its tail, right? You fire a rocket over America, and you risk having, you know, 100 Minutemen take out that entire province. But if you just have 10 sleeper units in America, and when they get the coded word, you know, uh, Jacques has a long mustache, the chair, the rifle is against the chair is against the wall. You know, message goes out. There's not going to be power in America the day after. So when when we are thinking about going to war potentially with Iran, it's not going to stay in the Middle East this time. It's not going to be like Desert Storm. The war is going to be here. You know, sleeper the sleepers will be activated. They'll take out the grid and they're just going to start. You know, sabotaging railroads, etc. You know, railroads only exist in a high trust society. You cannot have, or or the USSR. Like you know, there's a rule: if you get within a mile of a railroad track, you'll be shot. Okay, it can exist there. Under Stalin, Russia, if you touch a railroad, you hang immediately. Say, but in the, in America, activists have already done this. They used they did this a lot up in Washington State. They'll pour cement on the switches, you know, the where the sidings, the 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 uh, the tracks. Yep. I've seen it. Yep. They just I've pour cement it. on it. <laughs> Guess what? Doesn't work. You're gonna have, you know, to stop the whole the whole system. And there, and you can also do other worse things that I don't. You know, cement is bad enough. I don't want to give people ideas. But we live in a high trust society. Our standard of living, our our electric our electric grid, our banking system, it only works in a high trust society. So at, at the top level of the people inside of our country, you have trained sleeper cells. So these five guys are going to go out and take out that substation when they get the coded message. That happens in 10 places. The whole gr country's grid goes down. And there's nobody to blame it on. They'll probably leave uh, Israeli clues there. You know, everybody will leave false clues. It's not like the, the stupid idea of the EMP over Montana, which, you know, which came from Siberia or China, right? It's going to just happen, and Iran will say, don't look at us. We have no idea what happened there. So we'll take out, you know, Lindsey Graham, he was already talking about taking out their, their uh, like they only have a couple of humongous refineries for all of Iran, bomb that refinery, and then they're like their cars run out of gas in a week. You don't think they're going to do that here? <laughs> you don't think they have plans for that? You don't think there are teams already? I think there's I so like I said, you don't marshal forces like this for no reason. You do it because you're you're 
you know, hostilities are imminent yeah. at some point. And nine, and ninety percent of these fighting age men that are coming in, they don't have a clue about this. They're complete pawns. But that sea of humanity is like the perfect environment for bringing in thousands of actual trained agents. They're just going with the flow. Well, I so you brought up a couple of things, and I'm trying to collate it all because there's there's a lot of different places we could go with this. But the, the what I'm really interested in is is and you're right, this is this is planetary. This is not just going on here because one of the things that Michael Young has probably said to you that he said to me that I firmly agree with is that this on this this onslaught of migration is affecting every country on the way here. Costa Rica, Guatemala, Panama, you know, Panama you're seeing now you're seeing politicians being shot in the street. And that's that's what prompted me to ask you the question of how you think it's going to start here. Yeah, because... that, that's another real another real um, vulnerable point, and it's one that the deep state can kind of like use turn the dial on. Are these are these street blockages? So in Panama, in the not at the Darien Gap at the east end, but at the west end up against Costa Rica, there's only one road that crosses. It's the Panama Highway One you know, the Pan American Highway. So protesters, that's where the the old white guy that looks like um, uh, Hemingway, you know, the white beard guy, he'd had an American, of course, he's a, in a dual citizen, like a guy born in Panama, 77 year old. He got out of his car. He couldn't take it anymore. He walked up, got into an argument. Well, they only had like some tires and, and logs on the road. It wasn't like, you know, they had dropped a mountainside on the road. So the police were obviously tolerating it. So if the political order orders the police to tolerate an interstate highway being blocked, then it'll be blocked. Because if, if the reaction is to go out and like forcibly try to move them, the police will arrest you. If, if the police want the highway to be open, they'll just go and arrest the protesters in five minutes. Easy day. So when you see protesters blocking a highway, and the police don't move them out, then the police have been told, we like this blockage. It suits our political end. Well, this is going to happen very much so in America, especially where um, and we have interstates that go through uh, densely populated blue cities. You know, 95 goes right through Baltimore, for example. You know, and, and imagine, or Philadelphia. So, if you have widespread riots, they'll just start throwing things on the highway. You have these big overpasses in Baltimore and in Philadelphia. They can just, you know, everybody carries up two cinder blocks, throws it off onto the highway. Highway's closed. And yeah. that can happen every single day as long as you want it to, to go. So these are all, all of these are going to have a, a um, cumulative um, multiplier effect because then the supermarkets don't get stocked. Then the gas station runs out of gas. That so the thing in Panama to study is how many days does it take for Panama to run out of gasoline and food when you block that one highway? About a week. Out of gasoline. People are walking around with like, you know, jugs of gasoline because there's no gas stations with gas. And they're stealing it from people's cars. And they're paying, they're paying like, you know, $30 a gallon for gas because mm -hmm. people are desperate. So 
highway blockages in the midst of like a mega George Floyd riots, very, very easy to coordinate. So it's not, some things are going to be organic and natural. They're just going to happen on their own. You know, like what happens when you bring in 20 million American uh, fighting age men, then you cut off their money. That's going to be an organic result. No planning. But you're also going to have the hand of Chinese agents, Iranian agents, others saying, using the riots in Philadelphia, Baltimore, Chicago, using them as camouflage and smokescreen, block these bridges. You know, light up, a, light off a uh, tanker truck on a bridge. It's like five years ago out in California, a tanker truck had an accident like right on an overpass it melted the whole thing. It had to be like rebuilt. So this is the kind of thing it's extremely easy to do in the midst of the media will just be showing a city, you know, with lots of riots going on. But in the middle of all those riots, there's some things that happen. Number one, gangs take revenge. So if you have a political enemy, a neighbor, you don't like, you just go shoot them. It all gets blamed on the riot. Another thing yeah. that happens is banks get robbed. You know, you can just dynamite your way into the bank because police are busy at putting out 100 fires. So the jewelry stores, the banks, they all get robbed by professional criminals. These are predictable things, okay? So this is coming, folks. This is like baked in the cake. We're on the train going down the mountain, and there's only one track, and that's where we're going. People have to come to grips with this. It's going to happen yeah. sooner or later. It, it, if it if we if the Middle East is is the, if the uh, Middle East calms down and the temperature goes down, it might take four or five years when, when there's just a total global economic collapse because you can't do Weimar eco economy on the globe. You know Weimar hyperinflation is not a long-term solution. It always blows up. So whether it blows up next week or in three years, it only goes to one destination. The system I, is well. What I'm curious about, speaking of economy, is how long they can continue, you know, these payments to all of these. These we're talking 12 to 15 million people they're making payments to every month. That's a significant amount of money. Yeah, I, they're, I don't, well, they're just they don't. But see, the people that are doing it are doing it. They they know at the top that they are trying to blow up the entire country. That's why they brought in all these fighting age men. So they're stacking the dynamite underneath of your house. But at the same time, they're setting up the condition for Weimar bank runs and bank failures. They know it. They know it. They're, they don't have any concern about printing, you know, trillions of dollars. They don't have any concern because they know it's going to end up in a, in a giant, you know, firestorm. That's what they want. And another, you know, so you have to look at this from the perspective of like uh, avaricious politicians that just want a little more power up climbing the pyramid all the way to the top, you know, the global bankers at the, you know, very, very top. The only way that you get out of something like the coming bank failures is going to be, again, it happened during a global conflagration. It was nobody's fault. We have to have all new books. We have to have a new global currency. Everybody's going to have to have the same currency around the world. That'll, that'll be rolled out. But the people that are at the very top, they feel like I'll be fine because I got five castles and a hundred tons of gold personally. So no matter what happens, I'll fly back from my fortress in New Zealand or Patagonia and I've got the gold. So 
if it all bur- and then I can't be blamed because the whole international banking system, global economy collapsing, mass die-offs. Don't look at me. You know, I was chilled out in Patagonia in Fortress Number Three. I didn't do it, but I got the gold, and I'm going to buy Germany now. Because you know, when when this happens, there's going to be a die-off. People have to understand this. You know, the the, the book I'm writing right now kind of covers this. A city today is like a cruise ship. If you have a cruise ship, it all runs on diesel. They don't have propeller shafts anymore. They have azipods that turn all in different directions, you know, so that they don't need tugboats or anything. They can maneuver like crazy in ports. Mm-hmm. The whole ship is electrical. It's diesel fuel, big generators, electricity. You got 5,000 people on something 1,000 feet long. As long as there's diesel, they've got music, lights, running water, toilets that flush, uh, your choice of galleys for, you know, all kind of great food. As long as they get to a port every week and put a whole week's more food on, what happens if that that cruise ship ran aground somewhere and couldn't be rescued? The diesel runs out. It gets real ugly. How is that different from a city? I mean, so you've got a quarter acre instead of a little cabin on a ship. How much food can you grow in your quarter acre? Or in cities, how much food can you grow on your block that's a building with 100 people living in it? When the food stops coming into Manhattan, do you think it's going to be manna from heaven like a miracle? God's going to say, no, no, that's just too terrible. We can't have that happen. We'll have a great leader come in and figure everything out and get the food moving again. It doesn't work like that. That's a fantasy. When this happens, our cities are going to implode. I mean, I'm sorry. That's what I see. Well, it's, you know, so with just-in-time logistics, right, it's three days worth of supply. So any grocery store has, has a, a maximum of four days of on-hand supplies that, because they don't have the big stock rooms like they used to, right? They no. don't have, They don't have it. No. Um, they're not stores are not architected that way. They're architected with loading docks and literally there's a small loading area and they as soon as they get a shipment, it's on the shelves. And what's there is there. And this and, this is the this is the reverse um this is the reverse principle of leveraging forward with technology, just like fertilizer gives you two or three times more food. Um in artificial intelligence from 30 years ago would just be called computers, Fortran, whatever. You know, we've now we've now got the brain power to the point where we don't need a warehouse full of extra food. We're just going to have it go right from the farm to the processor to the store shelf. That and and that's all because computers allowed us to leverage and maximize um, our output our output. But anything happens, you can't do it the old way. The old way is gone. You can't do it with triplicated papers now. No. You know, if, if the banking system goes down, if the internet goes down, that'll be enough to to yank the plug on food, and you know, and, and it won't be easy to be to rebuild. It, it just won't be. You can't just snap your fingers and all, everything's working again. Especially when supermarkets get looted, and then the security environment's too dangerous to send food trucks around. Well, let's let's talk about that for a second, right? Because there's there's two two lines of thought related to this this scenario right so scenario one that we talked about was putting military age males in the country into blue helmets and then 
pushing them out on the street to control specific urban areas. And um, Joel's Joel's point of view is that urban areas will become kill zones and you'll want to have a fallback plan outside the area. I think that's unfeasible right now for most people because of the interest rates and because of the, the current cost of living. I don't think... I think a, a third of the population might be able to do a second residence, but with the current interest rates, I don't. I think that's un, unattainable for just about everybody. Right. That's so, only, only that's only useful in the margins, but it won't move the ball. No, and it, you know the the way the way it, regardless of how it develops. To be perfectly honest, regardless of what develops, what what's what's going to be the tell is how Americans you know start working together. Because it's this is going to have to go back to the community level. It's there's no way that, that first of all there's the military is stretched too thin right now. Strategic uh, strategic stocks have been depleted. We don't have the ammunition. We're sending the last bit of our ammunition to Israel right now to level Gaza. There there's a there's they've created the perfect storm, and just in the last few months I've had folks because I'm you know. I, I have a gun business and I've watched one manufacturer of ammunition purchased by a company in Poland, which they'll probably shut down ammunition for that, for that producer. Then you have, um, uh, I can't think of, um, the, M- the, the ammo producer for, for the U S like, um, Lake City? Let, yeah, like say, God, that was not coming to me. Lake city. That's just, can they just, literally stop civilian production and there's focus strictly on military production. And that's, that's in lieu of migrating the service to 6.8338 Lapua away from 556308. Crazy. And 50, right? So uh, that, I think that is a targeted maneuver to restrict ammunition and get around all the legislation that they know they can't pass. Right. So I think they've created the perfect storm for some kind of an event here in the U.S. What it looks like, how it develops. They're crafting the narrative for some kind of an, a mass event. They, the FBI and DOD have talked about you know, threats to um, both DOD production, military production, as well as civilian production facilities for defense contractors. So they're building that narrative, and they're building the narrative of Palestinian on uh, anti-Semitic attacks, and now they're building the narrative of attacks on Palestinians. I mean, they've created the perfect storm, and and really, what I'm curious to see is very deliberately. Yeah, but what I'm curious is what is the what is the culmination point for the American people where they snap? Because I can tell you, right now, if I look at what's going on in Arizona, governor installed treason, secretary of state. And the AG both installed, both conducting treason right now, along but with the county the, reporter. The problem, Stephen. The problem is, even if the even if you know trad trad Chad Heritage America united and said we're going to stop it, you can't really do anything about it because it's now it's like a, a kinetic inertia. Uh, I'm using the runaway train going down the mountain. Okay. We've now convinced the last three cars that we have to do something. There's no more fence sitters. Everybody in the last three cars says, we got to get up there and we got to take over the locomotive. Well, it's, I'm sorry, but the, you're going too fast. The brakes already burned out, right? 
I don't care if you know Charlie Kirk and Dan Bongino are like you know getting to the to the locomotive. It's still too late. You're going too fast around Dead Man Curve. And I look, I I'm not disagreeing with you. What I was what I was trying to to um, reach to was what is the catalyst for the American people? Because everybody is in this holding pattern, this waiting. I don't pattern. think I think that even if they started hanging people like Owen Schroyer, I think that most Americans would say that's really terrible. It's, we should do something about it. But I the agree. FBI is building I, the building out the gulag structure. You and they, I agree with that. They, they, no, they I, put the guy. They they put the guy that didn't even create the meme. And then let me just give it test by a minute on Mr. Mackey, who just did a great interview with Tucker Carlson pre sentencing. I was just getting ready to watch him. Yeah, yeah he was so like. Four years ago, this you know, six years ago. Now this meme was put out, and it was and it was a joke meme. Nobody, they couldn't find a single person that said, I, "Yes, I texted that number, and therefore I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton." They couldn't find a single person. So what they did was they went back to this Reddit chat room, where Mackey didn't even make this meme. Okay, he just posted it like on Twitter, and it got I don't know how many hundred shares. He wasn't a big guy. He wasn't like a huge account. But Hillary, but he pissed off Hillary Clinton, and Hillary Clinton calls the the DOJ and says, "I want that guy in jail." So they went back to the Reddit room where a couple of people had talked about his cartoon, and then he posted it. They got one of the other because they could remember they couldn't find a single person that said, "I missed my vote because I believed that meme." Zero. So they got one of the other redditors and said. If you want to go to prison with Mackey, just you know, be don't don't take our deal. But if you don't want to go to prison with Mackey, you're going to testify against him. And when you testify against him, that will become a conspiracy. So even though nobody actually voted wrong, there was a conspiracy and the intent to cause it. So they so they they look at all the levels, layers of this. They pressure the other redditor. Look, you want to go to jail, or you testify against Mackey? Okay, I'll testify against Mackey. We had a conspiracy. Okay, I don't serve any time. Mackey goes to jail. Look at what this means. They can now go back five years and get you on conspiracy. They could look at one of my memes and say, "Well, we're now defining that as as um uh what do you call it to violence? You're um inciting violence." Well, nobody was incited. Yeah, but you intended to. And somebody else that shared your meme and you communicated. Look, there's a private message. Do you like this meme? Is it too edgy? No, go with it. Now he testifies against you. You intended to incite violence five years ago. This is going to be like the Soviet Union, you know, general article 321, whatever, you know, something that was like a rubber stamp, you go to gulag. There's no difference between putting Mackey in jail for that and saying, you, well, you intended to incite violence with some other meme. Felony, conspiracy. That's where we are. This is a police state. People had better wake up. Well, I mean, maybe it's too late, but get to a safe place. That's all I can say. Well, I think I, I don't necessarily disagree with any of that. Right. They're they're This is classic communist doctrine. that's right out of pawns in the game of what they're doing. They're creating a, a situation legally. And it's part of the reason why I detest lawyers. They're creating a situation to where law abiding citizen takes action in their own hand. They're prosecuted 
and the criminals go free. That's a that's classic right. communist anarcho, doctrine, right? and anarcho tyranny on the way on the yeah. road. It is anarcho tyranny. And we could spend another five hours talking about why Hillary Clinton hasn't been knelt down and shot in the back of the head for treason over the past twenty years. It's just you know that's a topic in and of itself that I think everybody has talked about ad nauseum. I think yeah. the bigger the bigger question is if I'm hearing you right, you're saying that there's this is coming, no matter yes. what, it's coming. No so matter what, prepared. the train the, the brakes are already burned out on the train. Yeah, so we're Trains we're headed towards miles an hour down to dead man curve, and I don't care if Dan Bongino knocks out the engineer and grabs the brakes. The brakes are already burned out, and you're going too fast. Yeah, and it, it what it also what I'm also hearing you say is it doesn't matter what the catalyst is. Stop worrying about the catalyst. This is going to happen. It's, it's a matter of how it happens. It's not sparks. It's conditions. That's like Michael Yan number twenty seven. Yeah. You know, look for sparks. Look for conditions. And what well, they're doing is they're building the conditions. They're loading your house with dry straw, you know, rotten barrels of gasoline and old dynamite. Yeah. It, they're not going to throw the match in. They don't need to throw the match in. If you throw the match in, you get blamed. You might get arrested. You know, we maybe, know we know but, how this is going to go, right? We know exactly how this is going to go. If you have if you have face tattoos and you don't speak English, bullet to the head. If you don't speak English, bullet to the head. If you speak English and you say something wrong, bullet to the head. That's how this goes. I mean, I, but, I saw yeah. this graphically no, I, on the I ground. get it. I, I get it. And the book that I'm writing now, folks, go. you can get all of my books, which are like, my books, I'll, I'll just say it outright. My books are 10 or 15 years ahead of what's happening, okay? So if you, if you want to read my book from 2003, it's like, wow, that happened in like, you know, 2016. So anyway, what I'm, what I'm writing now is involves a, a voyage among different locations where you can see different outcomes like the post-catastrophe recovery or non-recovery. But parts of America, I think, will recover and it will look like uh, Franco Spain or Pinochet Chile, but it's going to be a much reduced population. So you've, you've, you know, the first job is don't be in the 90% that don't make it through. If you even want to know what happens in 2050, you got to be where that 10% is that makes it through. I'm serious. No, you're right. You're nine percent. You're just going to be a you know in the in the pile. So you know you first you got to, but at the end of that, when when regions start coalescing and they do Pinochet Franco rules, like you said, face tattoos, um, purple hair. It's like that's it telescopic sight range okay purple hair face tattoos i don't need to know you okay that but that still doesn't avert this catastrophe in between that is the recovery on the other side among the remnant that's the other side of the catastrophe the train is going off the tracks period that can't be stopped now so like if you're in an airplane and, you know, a four engine airplane and three of them are on fire and, you know, you're losing altitude and there's the Alps in front of you. Everything's great on the airplane. That one engine still making air conditioners working, you know, the pilot saying we're working. We got a little problem here, but they, we're losing the altitude and the engines are on fire. That's where we are. So it's parachute time. Yeah. Doesn't matter who gets in the cockpit at this point. It's parachute time. Well, I think the other the other side of that um, 
conversation. I finally found the video you were talking about at the start. Um, yeah, real muckraker. Yeah, he's great. He's he and his documentaries are like you know, network quality. I, I agree with you that they, the aircraft's going in and people are still trying to figure out what drink they're going to order off the drink menu. Um, right. The the part that, um, and this is the part that I wanted to get to too, was, you know, you've, you've written this, you've written about a lot of this in, in, in your books. The question that I think most people want to hear, given all that, is how does all of this turn out on the other side? What, what, what does this look like on the other side? In your, think, in your opinion, I think that the remnant, which could be in some places, it might be 1%, you know, Manhattan Island. I mean, 1% and in some place and then, and the 1% are going to be like hunting rats, you know, but in some places it might be 50%. The key is find out and do your own analysis and say, you know what? Northern Montana far enough from this close enough to that. It's cold, but there's trees. You won't freeze to death. You know that that, that there, it's it's uh, demographics are good. So there, but you have to pick. For me, it's like a sailboat, be mobile. You know, other people, it's like I got an airplane on. I got a Cessna, and I got a friend that I can I can fly three states over because I got my own Cessna. So everybody's got to figure that out on their own. But just staying in near a city is going to be very painful. But at the other end, I think that we will not see a restoration of a federal government in our lifetimes or in our children's lifetimes. I think it's more likely that like in the, in the way that I'm writing it, just notionally uh, East Texas and Louisiana begins to have power again. You know, they've got, there's no more people with face tattoos. Let's just put it that way. Okay. And I think, I think it'll be, yeah, I think you're right. It's going to be, this will devolve down to the community level. But it will and, be more like city state. Yeah. And it will be, you know, the port of Houston to the port of um of New Orleans is looking like Pinochet Chile. And they're not then there's no BS and there's no elections and you know you you tow the line or else, but we've got the power back on. And they can use as a lure for the people in the hinterland where the outcome was worse and they're still fighting, they'll broadcast Come to Texas, fight for Texas, and we'll give you a house. There will be a lot of houses, okay? When yeah. you have a die-off, there's going to be a lot of houses. They're not all going to crumble in 10 years. So it'll be come to Texas, wear the Texas uniform, fight for the new Texas whatever, the general, the Constitution. They did that before. It was the, the Tennessee Volunteers. They went to the you know to fight for Texas. So. Yeah. Something like that will end up not like then all then Virginia and they have a constitutional convention. And what do we have to offer Washington state, Washington state and, and uh, Texas and, and um, they're not going to have anything in common. They'll have Washington will have more reason to unite with British Columbia and China than they would with Texas or Florida. So it's going to be a, a regional reallocation of of um you know of lines of supply you know with, with the caribbean's got oil refineries food um petrochemical plants so like the caribbean basin might start knitting itself together eventually all of these different uh economic spheres 
they begin to knit together again. But I don't think it will, it will be, let's have a constitutional convention and get the old 50-state band back together. I think it's going to be more likely that it's like, you know, it could be something like Cuba and Florida. I mean, you know, the, you could have some crazy outcomes where where the the, the new regional um, uh, power bases don't look anything like what we are, we're seeing now. Well, the UN 2030 Charter, which was agenda 2021, they want regional economic zones that are controlled by banks. So that- But the, the difference is in this situation, anybody that even talks about, um, there, there's going to be a lot of anger and hatred towards banks in general. And I think we're going to go through a period of hard money of, of things like precious metals and the economists go, oh, you can't run an economy that way. That will never work. Well, there's going to be so much anger that people that say, you know what, I'm going to start a bit my own bank and start lending out money that I don't have. That's going to be like, shoot that guy. He's the really? devil. You know what's funny? He, he did all this. People will be afraid to talk about lending money that way. Well, what's, what's, what's funny about that whole gold and silver conversation is the same people are saying that gold and silver is a good, it's a good, um, value retention model but it's not a good currency these are the same people that are suppressing the comments market and exactly. manipulating the price of, of precious metals while they buy stockpiles of it in exactly. the background it's i, it's, I love that argument because it's, I, such, I, they're so, it's so mendacious they're such liars it's it's, it's the arsonists that are pretending to be the fire chiefs yeah and it's it, it is but, literally the lie that's been per, per, you know perpetuated against american citizens for our, the world for 50 years 60 years yeah and I, and i think that the what the BRICS are trying to do the quote unquote basket of currencies and commodity backed currencies it's they're trying i think to kind of make a um a quilted pattern out of what was the petrodollar but it will be you know, Brazil is going to have to decide with China how much oranges are worth compared to tea. You know, and and there may be a, a function for gold in there, but it may also be just at the like ship level. Because, you know, when I've traveled and everybody else can relate to this, just say, for example, in a, in a Mexican tourist town, you go into a supermarket you can pay in dollars, take your change in pesos, pay in pesos, change in dollars. The girl at the cash register's got a little calculator. There's the daily, whatever the exchange rate is, is like posted everywhere around the town. And that changes. But today, so you want to pay in dollars and get change in pesos or the reverse, it's no problem. So if you want to pay in a ship in shiploads of oranges for shiploads of something from, from Taiwan semiconductors, this will all be just worked out as a business deal. It doesn't necessarily have to have, um, you know, an American dollar giving permission for the deal to be concluded. You know, why can't, why won't Russia sell natural gas to somebody, not even for a currency? There might be something that the other person needs and you just make it, you make a deal. You, you, it, well, let me ask you this, because I, I think I, the, the other side of this that people are going to ask, because I, I know how this goes, is we're going through all this transition here in the U.S. What happens to China? What happens to Europe? What happens to Russia? Because 
you think this is going to be a global meltdown, not just a U.S. meltdown? Well, I think it, I think that it will be a pretty global meltdown. Like countries like Japan, island nations, and this is a point Michael Yan makes all the time, from little teeny islands like in the Bahamas up to Japan, if you import 90% or 80% of your food, you're done because there will be a point where ships can't move. Either it's war or there are many reasons the ships aren't bringing the food. What we have right now, it's an analogy I like to use. If you had a, a very fine, fantastic clock or watch, you know, Swiss movement, and you stab an ice pick through it, you only damaged one cog, everything stops. So and it, the, the Japanese economy or the British economy, it has to be functioning all the time. It's like a patient on a heart-lung machine. You can't turn off the heart-lung machine for a day for maintenance or the patient's dead, right? I agree. You can't. I, I don't disagree. I just, I just know that question is going to come up. That's why I ask. Yeah, but, um, that, but, but we're going to go through this train wreck, and I think it'll be global, but there will be places that are affected least. China could have a complete meltdown too. You know, they, the Chinese ethos is we must maintain order at all costs because of their painful history of warlordism in between dynasties, you know, that where, where you have like repeatedly in Chinese history, 30, 40% die-offs. Like another century goes by, things build up, new, empire, new, new emperor, new war, 40% of the people die because there's no food went to these three provinces. You know, that Ukraine hollowed more. It had its own unique uh, uh, causal factors, obviously, but that type of a situation is common in human history and it's extremely common in Japan and in China. Massive... Well, I think I, I don't disagree with you on that. I think China is a house of cards and it's, it's a house of cards that uh, um, you get outside of Beijing, outside of the, the, the headquarters of the communist party and the, and the whole country is this diverse mix of so many different um, pieces that I think if what, like you said, one cog goes down, the whole country goes down. But in China, because they do have such a, a, rigid and self-reinforcing police state you know it's such a a well-knitted welded system that they could like we saw with them shutting people in buildings welding them in until they were dead they could say these three uh provinces they get 80 percent rations because they need that to provide the soldiers that province gets 20 percent rations we don't care if they have a famine they could get away with that in china for quite a while Another thing I see from China that's potentially happening, it would depend on the, 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 the other factors, world factors, but you could have a mass exit of, exodus from China. If China was starving, there might be a, you know, a general that takes over in China and says, look at the Philippines, look at Australia, look at New Zealand. Why aren't they Chinese? You know, there, there's what, a couple million people in New Zealand? It's like the most awesome islands in the world. Location, location, location. They don't even have an Air Force in New Zealand. They don't. They got rid of like their last F-16 because it was too expensive. They got like helicopters. That's it. Okay? Search and rescue. China could just send two row-row ships to New Zealand, one for, you know, Christchurch, one for Auckland, and take over the islands tomorrow. You just roll out with armored personnel carriers and, and anybody, you know, resists, you mow them down. And every well, I day, agree that 
And every day, 10,000 more troops are coming. And I, in a month, I, there's New Zealand is, you know, Chinese. They, they may do a, what I mean, they might do a breakout. And they would also, because of the, the um, excess mail problem from the one, did I just lose the, uh, okay. But the, the, the excess mail policy, policy, they have all these excess mails. They might say the Philippines compared to China is like un, uninhabited. A lot of the Philippines. We're going to send you to the Philippines and you're going to get your wife there. And they yeah, just I can see that out. too. But they just I, send, I, send them on fishing vessels, one way trip. The the part that I it, I agree, China has they have people to burn, right? And they don't mind right. burning people to inside they, or outside. Yeah, they they don't mind burning people to to justify the means the means to the ends, right? But the the part that I'm uh, curious about is they're a net importer of just about everything. If ships aren't rolling. You're right. It's a one-way trip, but once you get on the ground in a new country, you still got to forage for food. And if they're in the same boat, that's a bleak outlook for whoever. Oh, it's is very bleak. Room. It's extremely bleak. I'm, all I'm saying is there are un, unimaginable uh, chapters to be written. That, like, like I don't, I'm not predicting Florida aligns with communist Cuba. I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying, if 50 years from now, the map might be. The Caribbean basin led by Florida and Cuba, right, is allied now with, with Houston, New Orleans. Yeah. And, and, and in China, they now only have 100 million people. They don't have a billion and a half anymore. But, but getting sucked into the Taiwan war would be the worst thing. The, going to the defense of Taiwan is a way to just sink our fleet for no purpose. Whereas if you want to attack China, all you do is cut, like you just troll the Straits of Malacca and a few other places and no oil gets to China and they're done. I think that we're setting conditions so we don't fight China in Taiwan. I think they're moving forces away from, from that theater of operations for the simple fact to give China a free pass to say, yeah, we can't re reposition forces fast enough to go save the day. And Taiwan right. would save itself if it wanted to, but it doesn't have the culture. Taiwan would be the perfect guerrilla country. You know, it's like 20 times bigger than Okinawa. That took us three months, Okinawa in World War II. It's yeah. got 2,000-foot mountains, caves, canyons. It would be the perfect guerrilla territory. Every 20-year-old every, um, male in Taiwan should get a sniper rifle. And look, they, they're the superconductor champs, right? You don't think they could make shoulder-launched um, anti-aircraft weapons and, and anti-tank guided missiles that would be world-class like any time they wanted to. Just steal the designs. We give it. Somebody gives them the designs. They're making them. And then you just cache them all over the island. You make that island a porcupine. You know, that's not every, you know, to beat a cheetah or a leopard, you don't have to be a lion. You can even be a porcupine. Nobody screws with a porcupine. You know, the oh, lion, yeah. the porcupine, the lion will die. Well, so, yeah, uh, I, I think it's a good place to stop because I think we could we could <laughs> we could go down Taiwan for another hour. I love any, this. Any um, any last uh, any last tidbits uh, you want to give to the audience before we before yeah, we break? Um, I got a couple things that I would go out and buy right now. Um, 
buy a, about five little kits of JB weld because that stuff will stay, it will work when almost every other glue doesn't work. And it's it's called JB weld because it's so awesomely strong and useful in like small applications. And also go out and buy a case of, of dial soap. It's the, it's the antibacterial soap, the yellow bars, they use that in like for surgical scrubbing. You, know, you, you tend to think, oh, I'll always, I got a bottle of betadine, I'm good. Well, what if there's no more betadine for 10 years? You die of little cuts, right? Little infections. Or what if there's no more antibiotics and no more betadine? That bar of dial soap will be worth gold. And it'll, it'll keep like the um, JB weld, you know, it'll keep. And, you know, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. So, you know, bar of dial soap, that'll be like, you know, literally uh, save a lifesaver down the road. And what does it cost now? A few bucks? Go out and get some dial soap, get, you know, things like that. Not just those two items, but plan, what if the factories don't make this anymore? What's plan B? Go out and buy plan B today. You know, it won't hurt. It's cheap. It's available. Don't always yeah. assume the store is going to have what you need. Well, you know? and the other piece is my, uh, so I was going through the normal technical issues every time I do the show. It just, it just, it just basically ejects me out of the, the conversation. It, it's barter material too. That's the other piece, right? Dial soap, super easy to get. You can get lots of it. And now you're gone. <laughs> oh, I love it. Standard technical issues always happens, but um, you can go get dial soap. You can get um, Costco sells like Irish spring, but um, the antibacterial stuff is the stuff that you want to, uh, you got ejected too. So you yeah. went to the no, same I thing. Did I did it myself. Through. I was trying to move something on a tab and <laughs> I hit the X. So I exited myself. I but, was just um, saying that dial soap is super easy to get and yeah, it's, it's and cheap right now. I remember reading a, um, a book about Vietnam by a guy who was sent over as uh, hard to explain, like some across between a medic and a special forces guy that's supposed to like help the village. And he realized, well, they don't even have soap. Kids get like eczema and rot to pieces. They, you get a cut and you die. And, and it always, I always remembered things like antibacterials that will last is prepare to live in a world where you do not have antibiotics. Prepare for that world. It's coming. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. Boy, I, I totally hope I'm wrong. But anyway, and, and you know, get my books, obviously, Enemies, Foreign and Domestic. If you buy the books from me, I'll sign them. Um, I, don't, I don't think you, know. you are. I don't think you're wrong. And, you know, it's, you know, we're headed towards a turbulent time Very. in history. And, you know, I think on the other side, we're going to see like I said, and I've said that, I think I said this in our first year, you're going to see a generation that's as hard as nails that won't put up with any of the BS that we've put up with for the last 10 years, 20 years. We won't see a, a society where they're heavily dependent on government. I think we, you're right. We're, we're entering a time and a period where there won't be elite. There won't be, there, there won't, won't be, be oligarchs. There won't be mega millionaires that, that, that cycle of endless resources is coming to an end. And we're going to see a, you know, a, a society that's built around how do we technologically advance without losing our moral compass and our our genome right because that, but, but recognizing that things like iq are real 
You cannot just take a guy because you want a Somali jet pilot and put him in a jet. Yeah. You can't yeah. do it. That's a yeah. guaranteed fail. And that's where that, that's where we are now. On the other side of this, it will be recognized. Some people have their own talents. Look at the NFL, NBA, and some people have their other, their other talents. But if you want to have a modern technological society, it has to be a meritocracy. No BS about that. That'll be done. The affirmative yeah. action, the wokeism will be considered like a curse. Now, those people would be dead because let's face it, the, the people that are going to survive this are builders. It's not going to be the people that build bullshit. Right. The bullshit artists are going to die quickly because they don't know how to do anything. Builders and fixers. To... Builders and fixers. And yeah. and the guy that, you know, the, there's a guy that invented the uh, oil refinery and there's a guy that designed every part of it. Well, there's also engineers that maintain it. And then the next category will be the guys that can go into the dead refinery and, re and relight it. And those are the guys that are going to be super, super important. The, the builders and the fixers. Yeah. The maintainers and and oh. Plan B. You're going to have to have people that are knowing Plan B because maybe the uh, the whatever plant requires you know a truckload of filters every week. What happens if the filters don't come for a year? What's your Plan B and C? What's your get around your workaround? The people that can can adapt and and uh, get things working without the just in time resupply, they're going to be you know in high demand. I'll put it that way. I agree. Well, Matt, I, I appreciate you jumping on. I know that uh, this is a stretch for you to do this, but I, I'd like to do this again in two weeks because I think sure. I, well, I, what I'd really like to do is do one with you and then do a roundtable with you and Michael Yawn and, and yeah, and talk you can do to that. Stuff he's, he's really right now. He, he's, he's in a real busy stage where, you know, it's um moving target and limited access. But um, when he I'll, is, I'll, I'm sure he'll be up for that. Yeah, I, I'll, I always would be. I'll ping him and, and have him stay in a better than a two-star hotel so that we can actually have a good connection. <laughs> so the, the last time the three of us talked, I thought that was an amazing conversation. And, uh, you know, as usual, it happens when I have very little time. So, but again, I appreciate you jumping on. We'll, we'll talk to you soon, brother. You bet. And, Thank uh, you. Appreciate everything. Have Talk a good day. Great. You too.